tonight, as you can see, the uh, topic is You Were Shaped for Serving God. It's the penultimate session that we have. Um, just a couple of notices. Um, well, one thing about this as well, as we're talking about serving God, um, we have got, if you uh, would like a copy, and we, we haven't got that many, but we can photocopy some more, a questionnaire, so discovering your basic gift. It's called. So if you're sitting here thinking you were talking about serving God and we might talk about spiritual gifts or how we might serve God and you think, but I've got no idea whatsoever, do have a look at one of those. They won't give you an exact thing of what to do, but you know, they may just help you begin to understand a little bit more about what you feel you might be called to do with serving God. Um, Tim Vivian passed me some flyers earlier on about the Emmaus course that the congregation, the Vicar and Congregation of Pershore Abbey, it says, invites you to the Emmaus, Emmaus Way of Life course, Growing in Prayer. That's um, starting in, in May. If you'd like to look at some more details, they are available at the back as well. We're, um, as we've been starting a number of these evenings, we're going to... Um, pass over to a few people who are going to lead us in a slightly different way. Hi there, and welcome to Kipler's Department Store. My name's Steve, how can I help you? Uh, this is the exchange counter, right? Yes, yes, I can process exchanges here as well as returns. Uh, do you have something you'd like to return? Sort of. I saw on a TV commercial that you'll exchange any gifts. Ah, yes, that's right. We'll exchange any gift you've received for an item of equal or lesser value from our store. And it doesn't matter where it came from? Nope, we'll take any gift, whether it's from your mother, your boss, or your neighbour, we'll take it. Great, okay. I'd like to exchange my spiritual gift. I'm sorry? My spiritual gift? I'm not at all happy with it. It just doesn't fit. I'd like a different one. I'm not sure I'm following you a spiritual gift. Yeah, you know, a spiritual gift, like teaching, preaching, wisdom, discernment. A spiritual gift. And you're not happy with yours? No, not really. Hmm. What is it? Teaching. Well, that sounds like a fine gift. I mean, teachers are very important. Oh, yeah, it's great for a while. Then you get tired of having to explain things to people constantly. It's really a drag. I want something a little more... Uh, well, you know, we really can only exchange tangible material gifts. Um, uh, I expect, um, I'm afraid you'll have to go somewhere else. Uh, perhaps a counsellor. No, now look, your ad said you would exchange any gift. I expect you to exchange this one. But uh, I wouldn't even know how to value that gift. This is great. Talk about your false advertising. I want to speak to your supervisor. Well, now, just hang on. There's no reason to get upset. Look, um, I'll see what I can do, but it's going to take a bit of time. Uh, would you mind just standing aside so I can deal with this gentleman first, please? Okay. Hi, welcome to Kipler's department store. My name's Steve. How can I help you? Well, I was here to exchange this Arsenal shirt. Oh, yes, well, they're not really worth supporting anyway, more are they? Yeah, but... I think I want to do what he's doing, she's doing. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to exchange my spiritual gift. Uh, well, that's not really what we mean by any gift. But that's what you said, any gift. Hi, mine's teaching. What's yours? Encouragement. Ooh, I bet that's rough after a while. Oh, tell me about it. 
Always telling people they're doing a great job, keep up the good work, way to go. Feel like a cheerleader with that cool pom pom. Uh, we have pom poms. Uh, if you'd like to go to the fourth floor, perhaps that would help. No, props aren't going to help. I need to exchange the whole thing. What have you got? Well, all, all right. Look, I'll see what I can do for you, uh, but uh, just let me wait on this other customer first, please. All right, but we're not going anywhere until, you, until we get some service. Uh, hi there. Welcome to Kipplers. How may I help you? I'd like to return some gifts along with my birthday, please. Uh, very good, Mum. Uh, I'll just start ringing these up. Kitching, kitching. Uh, you don't want to. Uh, you don't happen to want to exchange a spiritual gift as well today? Thank you, pardon? You know, your spiritual gift. Uh, you're not interested in exchanging that today? Uh, no, thanks. Just the gifts here. But you are familiar with the concept of spiritual gifts? Yeah, but I'm pretty happy with mine. Oh, do you mind if I ask what your gift is? Sure, I have two. Service and mercy. Uh, gentlemen, uh, this lady has two spiritual gifts. Uh, perhaps you'd like to do a trade amongst the three of you? Sure, let's give it a shot. Now, what did you say your gifts were? Uh, service and mercy. Oh, I don't think so. What are you trying to pull? Those are even worse than teaching and encouragement. What are you talking about? We're here to exchange our spiritual gifts. But only for better ones. Not service and mercy. Give me a break. But you can't exchange a spiritual gift. It's not like a sweater or a wallet. It's a gift from God. He knows what you need. Look, this store's ad said they would exchange any gift. Um, any gift we weren't happy with. Are you happy with encouragement? Nope. Well, I'm not happy with teaching. So are you going to trade or what? No. Look, I think you've got the wrong idea about gifts. God gives them to us to use and picks them out specifically for us. He wouldn't give them to us if they weren't a perfect fit. He never need to return it. Here you are, madam. We've credited your account. Thank you. You are. Look, you know, you guys really don't get it. Okay, so what can you exchange us for? Yeah, I'd like music. And I've been thinking about preaching. You know, I was thinking about that. I think it really suits Thanks. Now, I bet you've got a great voice. Well, I've just checked, and we don't actually have any spiritual gifts in stock. Uh, and as the ad said, you can only exchange items in our inventory. So I'm very sorry. Oh, you mean I'm stuck with teaching? Yes, but thank you for shopping at Kipler's. Thank you very much. Uh, just imagine for a moment that it was possible to go to a store and buy spiritual gifts. Or it was possible to go somewhere and exchange spiritual gifts. Wouldn't that be great? You know, at the moment that you really needed the gift of wisdom, you could go and you could get it. At the moment you really felt you needed the gift of prophecy, you could go and get it. At the moment you really felt you needed the gift of healing, you could go and get it. And if you weren't happy with the gift that you had been given, you could take it to this place and just get it exchanged. Would that not make life somewhat easier. You see, I can't help but think that it would, because as I, as I come to think about serving God, there are two problems that keep coming to mind about serving God. Problems that people share with me, certainly, at times. And the first one is this. Knowing our gifting is not always easy. 
You know, we might want to serve God, but we start saying, well, but how can I? Some people come to me and say, well, I've got no spiritual gifts at all, really. I can't imagine what I could possibly do for God. There are some people who I know who spend so long trying to find out what their spiritual gift is that that's where all their energies go. They never actually get round to doing anything because they're always trying to find out what it is that they think God is wanting them to do. Knowing our gifting is not always easy. That's one of the problems about serving God. A second problem is knowing what we should be doing at a particular time. Sometimes we can discover what our spiritual gift is, and it may be teaching, preaching, whatever it is, and that's great. But how do we know when to use certain gifts? Or, to put it a slightly different way and in a slightly different context, how do we know what we should be doing in terms of serving God just generally? You're on a day-to-day basis. If you remember, we started off the course a number of weeks ago, when we were looking at the first purpose of our lives, which was to worship. And we said worship isn't just about what we do on a Sunday. Worship is about how we live our lives day by day. So as we go about living our lives day by day in worship, we're going to serve God. That's part of what it means to be a Christian, serving God. But how do we know what we should be doing at a particular time? The easiest time it may be for us to know what we to do, we should be doing, might be 10.30 on a Sunday morning. For those of us that meet at 10.30, I think it's 10 o'clock, isn't it, at Holy Redeemer? And on a Saturday evening as well, is, is that right? So people may know what to do at those times, but that leaves a lot of the week left to be thinking, what should I be doing? How should I be serving God right now? And that's what I want to explore a little bit about this evening. Knowing what to do and when to do it. Um, I'm not going to be able to tell you exactly what you should be doing every minute of the day. So if you're hoping for that, I'm afraid you're going to be sorely disappointed. But what I hope to do is just uh, suggest one or two little principles. And I'm going to start by, uh, we're going to do a little exercise to begin with. And it's one that um, the deacons at the Baptist Church will have done before. And I think one or two other people may have done it before as well. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put some pictures on the screen. And all I want you to do is just write down, this is what you needed the pens for, and um, if you use the reverse side of the piece of paper that you've got, which should be blank, just put down a word or two words or a phrase that describes your first thought about the picture that you see. Don't spend too long thinking about it. I'm going to move through them reasonably quickly, so you won't have that long. But just put down something that you think about when you see this picture. So, let's start. Okay, well, I'm sure you could spend quite a while talking through some of those things. But uh, if you could begin to bring that to a close and we'll move on. And you can, you can talk about that some more in a little bit if, uh, if it's helpful to you. The question I'd quite like to ask you as you look at that is, can you, did everyone come up with exactly the same things 
No. No, so we... See, there may have been some similarities, and maybe on some of the pictures, some people may have come up with the same thing, but probably, by and large, we all looked at different things and looked at the pictures in different ways. I think what I want to talk about this evening with thinking about serving God is this. I believe if we really want to be serving God as he wants us to, if we want to know what we should be doing, we need to try and see the world as Jesus saw it. I don't know what you came up with when you saw the robin. could be a, a few things. Look at what Jesus said when he saw a robin. Look at the birds. They do not sow seeds, gather a harvest and put it in your barns. Yet your Father in heaven takes care of them. Jesus saw the birds and it reminded him of something about his relationship, uh, about how God treats us. Or the fishing boat. I don't know what you put for that, but I was just mindful as I saw that picture and um, I'm thinking about it and seeing what did Jesus see. I was reminded of that story where Jesus saw more than just four fishermen. He saw the people on whom the church would be built. We might have just seen a fishing boat. We might have just seen four people. Jesus saw something totally different when he was in a situation. And it made me think about if we want to be serious about serving God, if we're saying, yeah, I will do what God wants me to do, we actually need to be trying to see the world as Jesus saw it. That's the challenge for us in each and every situation that we meet throughout the work week, to try and see the world, the people that we come across, as Jesus saw it. And um, I just want to look at how we might see the world. And we're going to have a look at the story of the Good Samaritan. It's in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. And uh, we'll read just part of it, verses 30 to 37. So the question has come to Jesus, uh, as I, if I just set the scene for you, the question has come to Jesus, uh, what must I do to receive eternal life? And um, Jesus has asked the man a question back, which has been, well, what do the scriptures say? And the man says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus says, that's right, so go and do that. But the man who wants to justify himself says, well, who's my neighbour? And uh, this is Jesus' answer, answering in form of a parable. There was once a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when robbers attacked him, stripped him and beat him up, leaving him half dead. It so happened that a priest was going down that road. But when he saw the man he walked on by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also came along, went over and looked at the man, and then walked on by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was travelling that way came upon the man, and when he saw him, his heart was filled with pity. He went over to him, poured oil and wine on his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own animal and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. 
Take care of him, he told the innkeeper, and when I come back this way, I will pay you whatever else you spend on him. And Jesus concluded, in your opinion, which one of these three acted like a neighbour towards the man attacked by the robbers? The teacher of the law answered, the one who was kind to him. Jesus replied, you go then and do the same. We get some examples there in that story of different people seeing the world in a different way. How we might see the world. Well, the first thing we might look at is in this story is we might have said it's his own fault. The person who was robbed and beaten along the way should have known better than to be walking along that road uh, at that particular time. The road from Jerusalem to, down to Jericho was a, a notorious road. It was um, full of lots of twisty bends, lots of rocks. The perfect place, if you were going to hide and attack someone, that's where you would do it. The road was known to be dangerous. You don't travel along it on your own. And yet this man had. So the first thing that somebody walking along might say is, well, it's his own fault. He should have known better. I think sometimes we can look at things that are going on in the world and think, well, actually that's their own fault. They should have known better. They've asked for trouble. You know, when it comes to serving God... We need to respond to what God is saying to us. We need to see the needs of the world, see what we can do to make the world a better place. It's not about us saying it's their own fault for getting in that position. It may be. And we need wisdom in how to handle situations that takes that into account. But we can't walk on by because we see it as somebody else's fault. That's something and sometimes how we see um, how we see the world, how we might see the world. Another thing that we might think about in terms of serving is when something comes along, is the potential for this to damage me? You see, again, this was a very real risk for the people at the time. You know, walking down this road, one of the things robbers might do is they might have somebody who's pretending to have been beaten up. And so what you do as you're walking along the road is you actually go and investigate to see if you can help the person and you'd be attacked yourself. That was one of their little ploys that was known at the time. So to actually stop and go over and see the man, well, that was quite a risk. You know, so if you're thinking about how can I serve God, well, what about the potential damage to me? There may be times when serving God can lead to potential damage to ourselves. It's interesting, I've been reading um, something that Norman Kember has written since his release. And um, he was writing there about his views of going out there and saying he knew there were potential risks. He knew he might lose his life through what he was doing. But he felt that that's what God was saying to him. Now, whether, you know, I know there are various opinions that people have stated about whether they think he was foolhardy or just, um, you know, an amazing man to have actually gone and looked at the, taken those risks. The reality is, whatever we think of it, he was willing to put his Christian faith on the line for what he believed. 
even when there was potential damage for himself. If we are serious about serving God, are we willing to do do that even when there is potential damage to ourselves? And thirdly, it might hinder other things that I'm doing for God. You see, for the Levite in particular, if he had walked over to the man and he was dead and he had touched him, he would have been ceremonially unclean for seven days. He couldn't have gone and done his job at the temple. It would have affected the role that God had called him to. On Sunday morning, I was preaching about um, the fact that Jesus stopped. Uh, And very often when you see Jesus performing healings, he's stopped on his way to be doing something else. But he takes time out from what he's planning to do in order to do what God wants him to do. And I think sometimes for us, you know, we can have an overall agenda about what God is calling us to do. But if we're serious about serving God, it may actually at times hinder what we actually think is our big project. You know, I have all sorts of things I think I'm supposed to be doing in ministry. But there are times when I need to respond to the needs that God wants me to respond to, not the ones I think I want to respond to. And the question I have to ask myself is, am I willing to do those things even if it hinders the other things that I'm doing for God? The things that I think I'm supposed to be doing, perhaps, rather than what God is calling me to. These are the sorts of things that I think come out from this example, and I could bring others out, but we haven't really got time tonight. But I think it just illustrates how we might see the world and how that that can be a block to us serving God knowing what we should be doing at any particular time, we need to try and avoid seeing the world through our own eyes as those sorts of things might indicate we would be doing. Instead, we need to see as Jesus saw the world. How might Jesus have seen the world? Well, I think we see him viewing the world through the eyes of the Samaritan. The Samaritan saw that there was something he could do to make a difference. He had the opportunity to go over and look at the man and help him. He could do something to make a difference. Are we willing to do something to make a difference? It may not be a part of my plan. It certainly wasn't as the Samaritan was walking along. I'm sure it wasn't part of his plan to help somebody who had been beaten up. But it revealed God's character of love and mercy as we're working in the world and as we're living in the world from Monday through to Saturday are we saying it may not be a part of my plan but my actions can reveal God's character if I act in this way if we start to do that then I believe we're serving God as God would want us to serve him and thirdly the cost to me is not the most important thing you know, the Samaritan not only rescued the man, he took him to an innkeeper, left him there and said, Here, here's the money for the bill. I will actually come back later on and pay any more that's needed. So he responded to a need at great personal cost to himself. If we want to serve God and want to know what we should be doing to serve God, we have to ask ourselves the question, Am I willing to pay a cost, even 
if that damages me, even if that makes me struggle, in order to do what God is calling me to do. If we actually want to know what God is calling us on a day-by-day basis to do, if we're serious about working out that call, then I believe these are the sorts of characteristics that we need to show. We're willing to be people who can make a difference and do the little things or the big things to do that. We need to be able to say, well, it's not part of my plan, what I'd expected to do today, but it reveals God's character through doing it. And we need to say the cost to me is not the most important thing, that I'm willing to pay that cost if that's what it takes. That's something about how Jesus, I believe, sees the world. That's how we're supposed to see the world and how we're supposed to respond. I just want to finish with one story. It's a story from the Second World War um, about a time when there was a bombing raid going on. It was towards the end of the war. And uh, one of the bombers on its way back from Germany towards England got separated from the rest of the group of planes. And um, suddenly a German plane came into sight and was obviously getting ready to shoot at it. And uh, there was nothing the bomber could do except wait and see what happened. And there were a number of rounds fired and five rounds went into the gas tank into the, where the plane was fueled. The crew of the bomber braced themselves for the explosion, knowing that that was what was likely to happen. But it didn't. And although fuel was leaking out of the bomber, they managed to get back to England and land safely. They um, then had the engineers and the mechanics who came and looked at the plane and took out the bullets and so on. And then they investigated the bullets. And um, as they opened them, this is what they discovered. There was a little message inside. It said this, We are Polish prisoners of wars, prisoner of war, forced to make bullets in a factory. When guards do not look, we do not fill with gunpowder. It's not much, but it's the best we can do. Please tell our families we are alive. And the note was signed by four Polish prisoners of war. They couldn't do much for the war effort, but the little bit they could do, they did. They served God as best they could in those difficult situations, in that difficult situation. That's what they did. There was something they could do to make a difference. In the scheme of the whole war, five bullets may not make a massive difference. But to the crew of that bomber, it certainly did. It may not be part of their plan, but through what they did, it revealed God's actions. And the cost to themselves was not the most important thing. We've been shaped to serve God. You and I, we all have gifts. We all have things we can do for God. The question, perhaps, we need to ask ourselves, and the thing we need to do, is taking time to see the world as Jesus does. That will help us to find our shape and serve God as he wants. Are we willing to take that time to seek to see the world as Jesus does, and in doing so, find our shape and serve as God wants us to do? 
Let's, um, we've got time now for discussions in our groups. We'll meet again about five to nine, as we have been doing for um, a time of prayer.